0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson. With me, as always, the other host, Taylor Wells. Episode seventy-nine, coming at you after a little bit of a break. Uh, we are shit shows. That's that's why. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. I had to I had to come see you and, and drink some beer with you though. So uh, you did. We you had did. a good excuse. So.
0: Uh, this 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 episode is brought to you by Mad Bomber Brewing. There you go. Uh where we where we met up and uh and drank drank some beer. Just a little. And and some some other other beverages at another place next to the place.
1: There you
0: go. Yeah. That yeah, was a good time. That was good to see the good to Enjoyed see the boys. See- good to see Max. Our uh I guess he I well, he wouldn't be our Ducks expert, but No. One he, of
1: them. Yeah, yeah, he he's uh, a Corey
0: Perry player. impersonator, DJ Maxie. <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: God, one of these days I'm gonna make him a sign, send him to a fucking Corey Perry game. That uh, <laughs> who's,
0: know, he playin- who's he playing? Who's he playing for now?
1: I think he's still with the Lightning, isn't he? The Lightning,
0: maybe. I don't know. I thought he got traded, but man, I don't know. That's a solid depth move. I'm gonna hold on to him for a little bit. Yeah, um, a... So, uh, since it's been a w- little while since we've talked to you guys, uh, we've got a lot to cover. So we have decided that we're just going to fuck this episode right in the mouth and. Nice. We are we are going to fire off uh, our thoughts on the top ten picks, top eleven maybe, uh, of the draft, and then we are going to jump, gonna go team by team. Uh, this episode we're just gonna do the Western Conference. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order using uh, the old TSN trade tracker as a little help on that. We're just gonna go team by team, talk about major moves and how we're, how we think they're looking, and uh, and as we do that, we we'll, you know obviously we'll come across big trades or big signings or something like that. And uh, we'll go from there. It, it kind of upsets me because we're not going to talk about the Red Wings this episode, which arguably probably had the biggest free agency of, of any team. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we got to we'll save the best for last.
1: There you go. Well, yeah, yeah we, we're going to save the worst for first. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the NHL draft. Uh, well, as I watched the draft from uh, a hockey bar in Spokane, a place dear to my heart, I uh, was even doing some live tweeting there. Uh, from the hub shout out to the hub tavern and uh it was it was a it was an interesting draft um I think that uh they were going to like every time it's held in Montreal, I feel like they're purposely trying to piss the world off right like they know that it pisses everyone off when we do everything doubled in French
1: yeah i i mean i I understood like Thirty minutes of the entire broadcast, so that's wrong. <laughs>
0: right, and it's everything's just dr- like classic in in classic NHL fashion. Nothing starts on time. Like, oh, oh yeah. the dra- drafts at four o'clock. Uh, actually, sorry, it's actually at four thirty-five. Um, once you once you get past uh, Gary Bettman, um, saying shit.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I mean, it's kind of fun. It's just an extra. You know, it's extra hockey. I guess so. You know, it's okay, but. It is a fucking slogfest, no, man. Just
0: go up there and say you're fuck. It's it's okay. Maybe all right. I'll I'll, I'll be the I. I Here is the only acceptable thing. Like if you're the first two or three teams, and you're like, okay, we got to thank the city, you know that kind of thing. But literally every fucking team doesn't have to go up there and do that. We get it. You're thankful that the city is hosting. Blah 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 blah. Steve Eiserman goes up there, says the Red Wings select fucking Joe Blow. Joe Blow goes up there, gets his picture, gets his jersey, and then gets the fuck off the stage.
1: <laughs>
0: Alright? Like, that's that's what we need.
1: Do you want them do you want them to do it offline and just, just post the fucking 32 first round picks? God. I <laughs> uh,
0: no, no. Not that far. Okay. I, okay. I, Is, Iserman did talk about how he hates going not to do it from just the Detroit perspective, but Iserman said he hates doing this in person. He said it was much more it, it's just more efficient. But right. the, but the whole Essence of the draft, it's not supposed to be efficient.
1: Right, it's supposed to be a thing for the players. You know, they get to they get to walk across the stage and shake some hands and fucking oh. call it
0: good. Yeah, it's it's the hockey equivalent of the bachelor.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> 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 Gary
0: Bettman just ha- has a bundle of roses. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's God. Don't fucking don't say it. You're gonna wish that shit into. Oh, God. It, it's good. That's what they're going to do next year now. Thanks for that fucking chance.
0: With the fourth overall pick, <laughs> Shane Wright. Shane is 6'1",
1: 200 pounds,
0: and he is looking for a lucky team. Likes long walks on the beach. That's good for him going to Seattle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. All right. We're, we're foreshadowing. We're burying the lead here, uh, just like the NHL does. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I'm gonna let you read the first overall pick because I'm definitely gonna fuck up the name. It is Shane Wright. No, oh, oh, it's not Shane Wright though. Oh, weird. Whoa, weird. <laughs> it is Juraj Slavkovsky. Okay, a left winger, uh, yep. going to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Wells, F- first off, the shock. What? Explain to me. What, what What are you feeling when you when we hear that Shane Wright's not going first?
1: I think it is surprising. I know his stock dropped a little bit this year with, you know, kind of him being, I think he went through like COVID, actual COVID, he actually had it. And Mm. so he was, his start of his season wasn't great and things like that. So there was a lot of chatter right up to the draft that he probably was going to fall anyways. Mm. So it it wasn't a huge surprise, but it's very rare, I feel like, that it's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to pass on what is potentially a generational center, um, you know, not saying that he is, he, he you know, he's going to be a top 10 player like, you know, the McDavid's of the world and things like that. But, you know, he's definitely one of those guys that could easily, you know, come out, you know, come out in, in two, three years and be, you know, say a top 20 player in the league and... You know he plays in a very coveted position, so it was definitely, definitely a little bit surprising. Uh, I know Slavkovsky had a pretty damn good year, and he's uh, six foot four and two hundred and thirty pounds or something like that. So it definitely helps. Uh, it's just interesting to see how far Shane Wright dropped, um, and to see a, a winger go first overall. It's just you know, um, it's just not a, a position that's really coveted. Throughout the actual, actual plenty, NHL world. There's plenty
0: of wingers out there.
1: Yeah, there's pl- plenty of wingers, and you just, a lot of the times you see them kind of come off of their, you know, RFA and they go into UFA, and that's when teams really start picking up some of these uh, top tier wingers. But I, I mean, I think it's a good pick for them, um, especially, you know, and, and, and we'll, you know, next podcast kind of get into some of the other moves that they made, Montreal made. Um, I think it ends up working out. Right? so if you look at some of the other stuff that they did through trades and things like that I think I think that's actually a pretty good move oh you um, can't
0: say this is not a mistake by any means like this this oh, is no, a good this no. is a good hockey player
1: yeah and and it's definitely and so they actually on NHL.com they say uh, the most NHL ready player in the 2022 draft and I think I think that's probably as a, a pretty true straight statement I think I think you're gonna see um, you know at least you know three of the other top five uh i you know I don't think there's any chance that they're gonna play this year in the show where you know uh Sofkowski could easily step in and and maybe play third line minutes on a bad Montreal team and just kind of get his feet wet and, and shit he yeah, he could still put up forty points, so shit um, you stick
0: him with Suzuki and Cole caulfield that, that's i mean i mean sure I'll you're going if I'll you're, be you're gonna be bad those two if you're gonna be bad, you might as well have one exciting line
1: yeah uh, and I honestly think just through you know their trades and stuff I honestly I think I think he'll uh, you know if not on that top line and just stack that top line I mean they can they can split it over two lines and then just kind of throw some guys on the other wings so uh-huh. um, yeah definitely I mean you know it was kind of a surprise I think I think that you know a lot of the uh, insiders and things like that kind of had a good feeling and a good tell that this was going to happen but yeah Slavkovsky to Montreal I mean they, they Montreal wanted to make a good splash I feel like you know anyways but uh yeah, six four two thirty. I mean, the kids, the kids, got NHL size for sure, right? So, I don't think it's too far of a reach. Um, no,
0: you know. So, yeah, not not a bad first overall. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, moving to number two with the New Jersey Devils, uh, picking up Simon Nemec. Now, this was it's a, it's a surprise and not a surprise. So, right. a surprise in the sense that like Shane Wright did not go first. So then you go, okay. But New Jersey made it very clear beforehand that they were going defense. They don't need they don't need any more help up front. They've got you know numerous young fast forwards up front. They needed a D, right? So, you know, while maybe the temptation to go with Shane Wright was there, they they stuck with what they said and they they went with pro- probably if not the best defenseman available in this draft. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And, and that's not bad. I mean, that's not a bad move for New Jersey. Uh, it's on one hand, it's hard to not necessarily like, you know, who's going to put up more goals, Nemec or or Cooley or Wright? Uh, probably Cooley or Wright. But but that's not what they need. They're, and they're picking for what they need, not what the just the best top player is. So and and man, I looked at uh, I think at the time I looked at uh, Daily Face Off for the New Jersey lineup, and yeah, that. that that blue line could use some help. That's what they needed? <laughs> it's 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 really, really not good. Um, uh, won't go too deep on the Devils because we'll talk about them uh, next next episode. But, yeah, they their, their blue line is definitely depleted. Um, yeah. you know, swing, big swing and a miss on P.K. Subban.
1: Yeah, who would have guessed that? Yeah, who would have um, guessed that? Yeah, no, I think this is a good pick for them. I mean, you think about, you know, you just kind of think back to some of the success that some of these, these championship teams have had. And. Having a guy on the back end that, you know, uh, is going to play, you know, the style of the new NHL defenseman, I think, is, is a big thing. He's a right shot D, which is super coveted as well, right? Yep. And, you know, it, this this is the pick I would have made if I was the Devils, right? I don't need Shane Wright. Um, if Sofkowski was there, he's obviously, um, you know, it's really, it's going to, you know, kind of a dart at the dart board between him yep. and Nemec, I think, for that yep. second, if Shane Wright's already gone. Um yeah, so but I, and I like this for New Jersey. I think Nemec, for me, uh, there was a lot of discussion whether Juracek or Nemec was the better right shot defenseman at the top of the draft. I think they went with the correct direction. I think Simon Nemec has, uh, you know, he's, he's got number one potential for sure. So I think this is a good move for them, especially with, uh, you know, the amount of centers they have in Nico. He sure, Jack Hughes. Um, Dawson Mercer, I kind of see more as a wing. I think you, they stack those two lines with with him, but yeah. uh, he's also an option down the middle, right? So, yeah, I, yeah, I just I think you know um, you would have had to see a trade, I believe, of, of either Heesher or uh, Mercer. I don't, you can't get rid of Jack Hughes, right? No. So you know, if they were to take Shane Wright, then they got to deal with that bullshit. So you might as well bring in a, a potentially a number one. Right, creates, shot defenseman. Cr- creates a logjam situation. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. So, yeah, I like the, I like this by the uh, by New Jersey. So. It's
0: a smart, it's a smart pick for them. Smart. Pick. Yep, one hundred percent. Moving on, moving on. To number three, uh, the uh, inevitably bad Arizona Coyotes uh, make a make a strong pick in Logan Cooley, uh, good center. Um, this guy. I, I mean, let's let's not beat around the bush. The Coyotes are going to be bad next year, but unlike. Say another team like the Blackhawks who are also going to be bad. I think the coyotes is going to be fun bad right like th- this is gonna be a fun team to watch next year, a lot of young talent. Um, they brought on some guys that you know their their play is not necessarily like it, this they'll be a fun team to watch next year. they're not going to be good, but they'll be fun and, and Logan, you think Logan plays at all?
1: I don't. I think if anything, what we're going to see out of him how about
0: is- how about you know like the nine the customary nine game you know did not so I think I
1: think if he wasn't going the college route, I could see okay. them doing that. And so okay. I think I think he is potentially going to get you know, uh, kind of like the Benier stuff. I could see him definitely get ten at the end of the season. Okay, but they're definitely sending him to college. I believe. I think. Yeah. I think it's like. Uh, I think he's a Gopher. So, yeah, this this pick is interesting for me. I think with Shane Wright still on the board, um, I I right. don't hate this pick. I just, just because the- Shane Wright was there. I think maybe that I, I, I you know only time will tell. But you I think mean,
0: the you think the Yotes were dumb to pass on Shane Wright?
1: Um, no, I think Cooley is is very good player as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think especially as the year went on, I think you definitely saw a little more out of Cooley where you were like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe he maybe he is the top center in the draft, anyways. Okay. Um, and so you know, I, def- I I think I think they made an okay choice. I think they definitely, um, gosh, you know, between those two. Right, just kind of uh, you know listening to the uh, Cooley talk a little bit and stuff like that. Like he's a more uh, just personable guy, yeah. um, you know. And yeah. so I think I think that probably played a little bit of a role in there too, right? Like he's going to fit in better with um, you know maybe some of the quieter players like Keller and Schmaltz and stuff. Uh, kind of bring
0: out bring out some of that in them. So, so I, I don't mind this. Pick let's let's get into that. So. Okay. Number, number four pick from Seattle, uh, I, I need to eat some crow here for a second because I, I, I'm fairly certain I said on a previous episode that there's no way the Kraken get Shane Wright. Um, so, he, I mean, um, amazingly this happened. Uh, the Kraken select Shane Wright center. Um, it, going through, you know, and take, you know, twi- take Twitter, new, Twitter news for what it is, but apparently Shane Wright dropped so low because of draft day interviews. Like, apparently he's got an attitude problem. I mean, think about it this way, dude. Like,
1: he's literally, he's been, he had, uh, what is it, exceptional status for juniors, right? He's just been the guy for his entire life, essentially. So there's got to, you know, it it doesn't surprise me that there's, you know, potential concerns for attitude stuff. Um, Yeah, but you know I mean, you gotta remember. Look kids, at how he's been handling
0: dropping to fourth. Like he, you know, death right. stare down to the Canadians' be- table. Right. You yeah. know, it. it and he's and he's like super butt hurt. Like afterward, he's like t- he's, you know, he, I there is an action like you can find the interview. Like he's like they the Canadians went up to me and told me they were picking me. Right.
1: Like yeah, that was think, the last
0: conversation I had with them.
1: Right, and I think I think he has a he has a good. He has a good excuse to be upset, right? Like you know, especially if that's actually you know if that's actually what it was, right? And they were like, "Yeah, we're taking you," and then you know what? They saw him drinking a fucking diet coke or something. You know what I mean? And that's if, that's if yeah, if it's that, if it's that, know.
0: then that's different. But I, I mean, I don't know. I it's I don't don't know the kid at all. I would have to you know I'd, I, I'm sure there's some elite prospect person out there that's like watched videos of Shane Wright. Where you know he was bullying people, and that's that's not okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I just just purely book by its cover. Looking at the guy, he kind of does look like an asshole. Like no nah. <laughs> He looks he looks kind of like a caveman. Sure, but I mean that's he,
1: he, it's perfect to pair him with someone like Baneers, though. So Kraken, yes. I mean, you're a little concerned because because Shane Wright dropped from what was you know what we were all kind of saying was oh. going to be the first pick ever. His forever, attitude
0: right? aside, this is a great pickup for the Kraken. Like, I mean oh, yeah. Shane Wright, Shane Wright is going I mean okay, I'll I'm not going to say 100%. I would strongly think that Shane Wright will slot into the Kraken lineup this year and probably be a mainstay for most if not all the year. Um not only because not only because of Shane Wright being good, but right. also because the Kraken are I mean depleted at center. Like they're they're not. You've got Maddie Beniers and Yanni Gord fighting for you know first line center, and then after that, you know, this you might as well we might as well just change the name to the Alex Wenberg podcast because it seems like this guy can't we can't stop talking about this guy. Yeah. Um, but Wenberg is for some reason still on this roster uh, uh, for for, for many years, years now. Guy. Yeah. So, yeah. For many years, I'm, I'm glad that we we locked up that. Third, fourth line center. Um, yeah, it is really important. <laughs> <God> <laughs> fucking damn it, so dub. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, Shane Wright. Honestly, you know, depending on how Yanni Gord plays this year, uh, Shane Wright's looking at second to third line minutes.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I think I think they've they, you know the Kraken actually did a pretty good job. They're in the West, so I can talk about them a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think they did a pretty good job of trying to get some center or some some forward depth on that team, some actual goal scorers and shit like that by bringing in some of the guys that they did. So, we'll we'll uh, get into
0: them. We'll get into that. yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, this is this is. I mean, f- fell into their abs, you know, fell into their laps, and they have their one two in veneers and right for the next fucking ten years, right? Yeah, so, it, it would it would work perfectly.
0: It'd be very dumb for them if they, you know, maybe Ron Francis like put some put something in the water. And you know, tricked teams in dropping him to fourth so he could grab. I don't know. We'll, but in any case, uh, regardless, Shane Wright is. I mean, fuck. Uh, coming up, you know, what has it been a year and a half? Year up to this draft where we've been talking about the Shane Wright sweepstakes, right? You know, like I mean, the, the, this is he's been coveted for so long, and I'm, I'm excited that he's playing for Seattle. Um, Seattle might not be a basement dweller this year now um, because there's yeah. actually there's actually something like. When, you, when, when Alex Wenberg is playing fourth line, third line minutes, like, that's fine. He's a right. third or fourth line center. Right. And I th- if Shane Wright and Matty Beneers can handle it, which, fuck, I mean, if, how Matty was playing at the, I honestly, like, Matty might be captain. Dude, he's like, got a case for it. At least, at least assistant. Like, at bare yep. minimum, he's gonna be the assistant captain. Um, like, like, I could see them trying to, like, go off the grid and maybe, like, tur- make turbo captain. You know, like one of those locker room guy kind of mm-hmm. things, like a Jordan Stahl yeah, situation. Yeah, like it's not your best player, but it's it's the one with the most heart kind of thing. Right. Um, Tur, you know, you, you make a case for Turbo, you make a case for maybe uh, McCann. You know, if you if sure. if he's all, I don't know if he's a locker room guy, but he's definitely showing it on the ice. Sure. Um, yeah. I, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't want to get too it. Into- we'll, we'll stay on the draft. Uh, so number five, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, this this poor individual. How do we say his name? Cutter, Gotier, Gotier. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, uh, Mr. Gautier is uh, in the very very unfortunate position of having to play for the Philadelphia Flyers within the next, you know, two years, three years. <laughs> this this I, we're not we're not gonna get in the Flyers, but I so I mean what, you know more about this guy than I do. Tell me about him.
1: Uh, it's just a big guy. I mean, it's just a just a power forward um he actually is pretty quick for his size 200 pounds it's pretty pretty big for for a little six62 guy um uh, so i this honestly isn't a bad pick and i think you you know you kind of um you know the, this is the Flyers just kind of i think deciding that they needed a little size on their team when they have guys like uh uh what's his fucking name the Konechny, konecne and things like that right like they they have those kind of guys who are just a little smaller and things. So, um, you know, I think this is one of those picks where they just wanted to add a little bit of size and a little grit and like I can play. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is not a bad pick for them. I think there was better players on the board for me. So I I probably wouldn't have gone with with Gautier here. But, uh, you know, it, yeah, they, anything outside of realistically this year was kind of the top four for me. Uh, five through, you know, say about 15 or so, uh, there's a lot of guys that could have fit into every single one of those picks, I think. So, this, you know, this is Philly just kind of deciding what they want, and, you know, Philly likes, you know, Philly, Philly's, Philly fans and, and things like that want, like, a hard-nosed guy, and that's kind of what Cutter is. So, um, yeah, and you can't you can't go wrong with a guy whose name is Cutter. I think that's kind of a, uh, that's a pretty cool name. It's cooler than mine, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it definitely does sound cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, pick number six from Chicago. So this was this was part of uh, the, the Seth Jones thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh fuck. Eur Yeah. Eurisec. David Eurisek. Uh a defenseman. Um, I mean, I don't know if Columbus's defensive needs. Like I, I don't know much about this person, but mm-hmm. I, I do know a little bit about the Blue Jackets. I don't know if they needed a D. Yeah. Um, like the blue line's not great. It's definitely been depleted since Seth Jones left. But I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe like because looking at the people that were picked below this this individual, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good talent down here. We're gonna get to one name here in a little bit. You know who I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. What do you think?
1: I think this is just a Seth Jones replacement. Okay. That's all. This is he's somebody, he's a good two. Somebody put guy. on
0: Moranski's flank.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I don't know if he's even ready to jump into that that spot. You know, like okay. I think he's probably okay. a next year defenseman. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, he's. I mean, he's got good good size. You and I were talking about him. I think on the last podcast, He definitely needs to add a little bit of weight. But yep. uh, that's that's easy to do, right? I mean, you can't get taller. You can get wider.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. I can I can attest to that. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: healthy, yeah, no, healthy wider, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, this isn't a terrible pick for Columbus. I think you know you're looking ahead to, you know, uh, I mean, with some of their other stuff that they did in the off season, like they probably want this kid to jump in sooner rather than later. But I think you can, I think you can kind of look at it and say, yeah, he slots into that top four. Uh, I mean, potentially as early as next year, so. You know, this is not a bad pick when you know maybe their right side of their prospect pool just wasn't what they wanted it to be. So, I think that's kind of where this came from, right? He, like he is a very, you know, whereas Nemec is nemick has a pretty good defensive game as well, but he is all offense. I mean, he is a, um, you know, he, he's definitely he's definitely one of those guys just more offensively oriented. But Juracek is is pretty two way. I mean, he's a pretty good. Pick at, at six, honestly I mean, you know, he could potentially be a top two You never know, right? So, like, he could Slot in with Wierenski like you were talking about You know, say, as early as next year And for sure the year after So, I think I think this is a good pick For them, and then, you know, I, I think Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think they had a, a good feeling that they were gonna uh, You know, be okay forward-wise So, I think that's where a lot of This pick came from, so it just it Makes sense that check went six I think, I think that kind of fit Everything almost perfectly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Pick number seven. uh, And this one, this is where, you know, from the the wackiness came in. Uh, Chicago moves up to to pick seven, uh, takes the seventh spot from Ottawa. And this was the uh, Alex DeBrincat trade? I believe
1: so. I don't think. Yeah, because I think it was DeBrincat. Kirby
0: Kirby Doc went to Montreal. Montreal. That's right. Yeah. So <coughs> Yeah, so Alex I think it was Brinket.
1: the Jabrinkat one.
0: Yeah. So Jabrinkat Cat goes. Uh it was the you know, the first domino to fall in the Chicago Blackhawks tear it down rebuild strategy here. Um they have another they have another pick in the top twenty here, uh, not too long far. Uh picking up a defenseman, Kevin Korchinski. Yep. Uh a defenseman. And uh really I mean <laughs> On a team where uh you need everything, uh why not? Yeah, you can't go wrong, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. It's uh you could you could have went for a goalie, uh could have went for uh an offense, you know, it doesn't matter. We need they, they could they they need uh, equipment managers right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they even have Gatorade coolers and shit right yeah. now, like do they sell yeah. those off?
0: Yeah, they need they need everything. They need they need they there are open season in Chicago. Uh, I don't know much about Kevin Kraczynski, but uh, it's interesting. Uh, a few you know we got three defensemen going in the top seven. Yeah, I think it, so, and it's int- it,
1: the last I think two drafts. I think there was a couple defensemen at the top, um, to name a few. I think Brant Clark is a, is going to be a stud, and I think you know the, I mean it's the the jury's still out on. Um, Drysdale and and, guy, and Sanderson guys like that, but um, you know, and so this year there was there was definitely there was probably four or five defensemen towards the top that you definitely and we we did see it. I mean, you could see it in, within the top fifteen. So, yeah, no, Kevin Korchinski out of Seattle playing for the playing for the Thunderbirds. Um, all he really needs to work on, in my opinion, is a little bit of defensive game. But this this guy is actually I mean this is a good pick for Chicago because. He's very offensive minded and, you know, if you if you have some guys in your system that are right-handed, having that left D is is obvious. Obviously not a big deal, right? Like him being left over mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, I think this is actually a good pick. This is actually the kid that I wanted to to fall to Anaheim. So, mm-hmm. I, I actually would prefer Korczynski over uh, and and we'll get there over who took at 10. Okay. but uh yeah so I mean the kids kid just needs a little more seasoning I think he'll for sure be uh back in Seattle next year but then yeah I mean honestly I mean this is a this is a top three guy oh, yeah, top three the Thunderbird defenseman. Guy. so yeah yeah Thunderbird guy he's he's pretty damn okay. good so yeah it's a good pick from Chicago especially if you're getting rid of Alex de like you need you need someone in there you, you this I needs always, to be I, a good pick so
0: I always feel like that players that develop through the WHL uh have a bit more grit to their game than you know, I mean, fuck, look at Yamamoto, you know, he's yeah. that kid that he's not tall. He's got to be tough, though.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like the last, you know, five years or so, they've been scouting the WHL a little more. And I think it has a lot to do kind of what you're talking about. I think it's, um, you know, you see you see some NHL ready kids that kind of come, you know, are almost ready to go out of the WHL just because of, uh, you know, they, they, they play a little more it's defensively league, than man. say like the Q. It's a tough league. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, I mean, there's there's some bruisers in that league. Like there's some good goal scorers and things like that. But yeah, it's a, it's it's a little more uh, hard nosed, I think, than you know. I always pick on the Q because I think the Q is is much weaker than the WHL, and we we're pulling oh, a lot of players out of the Q. Couldn't uh, agree more. Yeah, I couldn't say that anymore though. I, I think WHL is definitely the better league at this point to yeah. pull players out of than the Q. So yeah, I agree. they've they've done a good job with that
0: uh, that league for sure. Nice, awesome. All right. Here That's you go. Best pick of the dri- – best pick of the dri- – I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, picking at number eight, the Detroit Red Wings, the Iser Plan. Uh, picking up Marco Casper, center. Uh, so I, I obviously, you know, just biasy because of the Red Wings. I uh, know a lot about Casper now. Um, many draft analysts were saying that Casper is the most well-rounded player in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, his his greatest strength is his greatest weakness, is in that he is a B-plus player across the board on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't necessarily excel at anything. That sounds um, like a
1: second-line center
0: to me. That's exactly what the Red Wings needed. Yep. Uh, that's exa- And, hey, man, even if he gets one better at one thing, you know, say he – you know, does the work, goes back to Rogla, Rogla, uh, in Sweden, and you know, steps up his physicality. Maybe works on his shot, something like that. That you know, maybe he he gets better at passing. You know, in Sweden they they like their passers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe picks up some some passing skills and becomes an elite playmaker. Who knows? Um, maybe if I think maybe that's that one thing. If he can just get that one thing that makes him that that's, that that's his thing. You know, fuck Alex Wenberg gets a five year contract for just being able to pass the puck. So, um, if he can do it, Marco Casper can definitely do it. Uh, yeah, I, that's, and that makes me happy. You know, I, I the fact that this guy is a two way player, his passing is, that's what I've said. He, he's great. He's not elite. He's just great at everything.
1: Yeah, no, I like this. I like this pick for them a lot. I think, um, I had him slightly lower than like Savo, but I, I I really like what Detroit did because that like you said that's exactly what they needed. They needed this guy, yep. who who realistically and especially come from Sweden. And you have talked about this before. They they just produce like NHL ready players quicker. Yes. Uh, some of those some of those top guys over there, you know, some of those top young guys that get in on some of these, you know, uh, you know the highest level in Sweden. Uh, those guys develop pretty quick just because they've been playing yep. against men really since they were like 16. yep right and I think I think that's where Eiserman's going here is he's looking okay I need a second line center I don't think I have one on my roster in three years right like uh, where can we get some of that you know good offensive production you know not great but good and then uh, you know he, he's not gonna get scored on right like I think I think that's where Eiserman went with this one and you know gosh he's got the Raymond already from Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. who's the who's the other defenseman that's coming um oh yeah sure. i've been Edinson. saying it wrong
0: this whole time it's not yeah it's, edvinson it's, it's edvinson. not so, i mean you've got Sauter Sauter whatever his name too but he's he's further behind
1: yeah and, and, and i think so you, you kind of have that swedish connection
0: going on starting starting over there so yeah and no, Sider, while cider while german so he he grew up playing in the german leagues a similar you know less skill mm-hmm. but Played against adults, and then right. he went and played in the Swedish league too. So, right. um, when you've got seventeen-year-old dummying grown men, uh, you know it's that's that's a good way to get yourself into the NHL. Yeah, why not go back to the well, huh? <laughs> hey man, uh, yeah. Oh, at this at this point, uh, Rogla is just basically development camp for, uh, you know, for the Wings. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, the <laughs> AHL. I know some teams use their AHL for development. Um I think the Red Wings are kind of getting away from that because honestly looking at the Grand Rapids roster like there's just not a lot of NHL ready guys there, you know. I it, it, there's a couple um maybe, but it, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're developing. I mean, Cider played a year there and then immediately came back up. Yeah, and I think we've
1: we've touched on this briefly. A lot of it has to do with the uh, contract between the junior teams and AHL, NHL. Yep. Where you don't have to deal with that over in Sweden or Germany or yeah, uh, you know any of the Czech leagues or anything like that, right? Like, you know, those guys can be playing in essentially AHL hockey yep. in those leagues uh, without having to you know continue to play against guys just their own age and uh, potentially slow their progression down a little bit. So, yeah, no, I think you know. Going to those leagues for especially some of your top picks, I got no issues with that. It, so. makes,
0: it makes it hard to get invested in AHL teams, you know? Like, sure. Like, it's even easier to get invested into a WHL team than it is an AHL team. Because an AHL team's roster is, I mean, it's just, it changes on the day. And it's a lot of older guys.
1: Like, I mean, there's, you know, you do you see it a little bit. And I think, um, you know, I think you could see Casper if he's not quite ready next year, right? He has that ability to move to AHL.
0: Casper's gonna play. He's already announced he's gonna go play in Rogel. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's gonna he's sure. gonna fulfill that one year contract, but but not this season, but the next season. Hell yeah, he's I I foresee him playing not this season but the next. Yep. Cool. All right, moving on. Number nine, Buffalo Sabers pick up Matthew Savoy, center.
1: Yeah. Gosh, um, this this is this kid. I there was I've two good guys that. Really wanted to fall to the ducks at ten, um, and Savoy was was one, and then uh, Korczynski also. But yeah, I think give me this a, is just give me a player comparison on this guy. A lot of people say Point. Okay. Uh, like a Braden Braden Point type of type of player. Yep. Um, but he's quicker. He's 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 already got the speed where his Point had to develop it. And so. I mean, yeah.
0: I'm looking at this daily faceoff for them which you know what i'm i don't hate this roster now for buffalo um the center depth i mean tage thompson uh, is is you think tage thompson's the number one center
1: i think I, I think on the team that they have now the guys that they have now yes okay. i think on on a lot of other teams i think he's a second or he's a second yeah. line guy but
0: that's fair yeah um casey middlestat it's fine um dylan cousins uh yeah okay i i don't know maybe maybe there's a little log jam there but by the time this guy gets into the league maybe that opens up a little bit i think i think you see him break into the
1: league on in on right wing i think that's where he and oh, it, okay. yes and yes it has something to do with his size it's just the way it is i think you want okay. centers that are a little bigger than five nine well, uh, nothing against point i mean obviously points had success so in that you know, case, it's going you know, to be done. real log jam.
0: Uh, Victor Olafson on the first line right, Alex Tuck, and then Tuck, Jack yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I mean Tuck, you know, on a good team, Tuck was a third line guy, uh, so obviously he could be probably bumped down. Um, and then Jack Quinn goes to to fourth line. Yeah, I mean it's it's not this isn't bad. Yeah, I don't see I don't
1: see Savoy actually playing
0: on that team this year. I um, would have probably I don't know if I was Buffalo, I probably would have went for a defenseman, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean, but you know, like like uh, like they're saying, I mean, Owen Power is going to be a stud. Uh, Dahlen finally is starting to figure it out a little bit, so I, defense might not have been their top priority.
0: Okay.
1: But I think you're right. I think they have enough. In, like Buffalo has so so many prospects in the system that are, are you know uh, are, are getting very close to being ready. Yeah. That you know this this could have been any pick, and so taking a guy like Savoy who's who's just so so, ta- like, he's just crafty with the puck. I mean, he just, he, and he's, he's a shooter. I mean, he can score some fucking goals. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good pick for them. So, the, you know, it's a nice problem to have where you're trying to figure out where Savoy's gonna fit on the right side. Maybe you gotta use, you know, move Olafson to the left side or something, right? Like, you know, that's a good problem to have, I think, because, you you know, sure. their center depth, uh, oh, who were you saying? It's, uh, thompson but metal stats a third line center for me but there's oh dylan cousins. dylan cousins so i think dylan cousins is is you know pairs well with a guy like tage thompson so you uh-huh. got your two, top two centers anyways and then you just kind of okay. move the other guys around so uh, your your
0: fourth your fourth line center here is a randomly generated nhl name so yeah <laughs> Zeb zemgus Gergensen. Gergensen. yeah that is that's not a real per that is not a real person
1: I think he's a Latvian guy its there it was always this big thing that like every time the Latvian team would play he's like the only player that anybody knows <laughs> and it's still you know it's it's still right crunchy. it's
0: still not, yeah it's not good but uh
1: yeah Savoy that's a good pick for them I, I wanted the you know I wanted him to be available at the ducks 10 pick but uh Pavel mintyakov is who they took at 10 and I I I, I don't mind this one so um okay I I really don't I think did the duckies need a defenseman Yes, I, I think the only reason I would say yes, they really needed a defenseman, especially someone that is going to play the left side, is uh, they got two guys that have uh, are now going into potentially their senior year, I believe, for of college, and uh, a guy named Henry Thron and then a guy named Jackson Lacombe. So those two guys haven't signed yet, and it doesn't it, they they're looking at it and think that there's a logjam right now to the NHL. And so I have okay. a feeling those two won't sign, and so you actually do. They actually do need somebody over there on that left side. Um, Olin Zellweger is going to come up probably next year, and and he's he's a stud out of the WHL, of course, again. And then uh, you know you got Drysdale there too. So yeah, I think I think this is a good pick for them, and this is this is why I wanted them potentially to take Korczynski. Um, you know I think I think that left side with a little bit of offensive. Talent and some speed and things like that is what they needed. Uh, So I I had them taking a left shot defenseman in the tenth spot, and so it was either Korchinski or Mintyakov. Really, those are kind of the top two for you know those needs. But uh, yeah, and I think I think seeing some of the guys that went uh, you know below them, uh, I would have really hated Connor Geeky being picked there. Uh, Matejchuk, just kind of going through some of the stuff. Matejchuk is a good pick for Columbus, but. Uh, we already have a left shot defenseman that's under six foot and Jamie Drysdale is not even six foot. Right. So they needed a little bit more size. Frank Nazar, you know, is, is a, is a tiny little dude. He's pretty good, but, uh, in that same realm as, as Savoy for me. So yeah, I think, I think this was a good pick. I think this was fine. Uh, while we're kind of, I know we're going to jump over to free agency and stuff. So while we're on the subject Anaheim fucked up on their, on their 22nd pick. Um, Oh, okay. there, there were still some guys on the board that were much better. Uh, okay. So they basically took a third-line center who maybe will play third-line, left-wing, left-right left, wing, left, left right wing. It's just not what you want late in the round, you know, in first round with guys like Ike Howard and stuff still on the board. So right. I, I don't love what they did, and uh, it definitely kind of sets back this pick, I think, a little bit just because of – you know they they didn't do what they needed to do in the late first round, and so it kind of shines a, a negative light on Minchikov pick. But uh, yeah, I don't mind it. It's all right.
0: All right. All right. Well, let's let's stick with the duckies. Perfect segue. Okay. Um, now we go into free agency and uh, trade tracker. Um, we'll ju- we're just gonna hit on the major signings. We're not gonna do fucking unless you want to talk about Chase DeLeo.
1: No, he's a Cali boy though, so he uh, him coming back is pretty cool. But that's it. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> that's literally that's uh, all that matters.
0: Major signings, uh Ryan Strom at center and Vake, uh Frank Vetrano, right wing.
1: Yeah, these are for me these are both just cap floor moves.
0: Yeah, these are these are filler picks. Yeah, they just
1: they needed somebody they they're just trying to kind of, you know, replace some of the experience that Getzloff obviously had there. And so Ryan Strom, it's okay. I I don't mind that uh you know, it, we got a bunch of young guys, like our, the prospect pool is good. And so bringing in a guy like Strom, I think will help them. I think he, in two years, is on the third line. So then we got a Windberg situation where he's making five mil on the third line. Yeah, But, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's it's okay. It's, a, it's just a floor, but it's a floor thing. They needed It's, to, it's <laughs> to
0: make you so you're not, you know, playing AHL guys at the third line.
1: Right. So, I mean, and, and you know, it, he's he's going to be a second line center and he's going to, you know, just be kind of steady. He's not going to have nearly as many points as he has the last few Look, years with as Panarin Panera. As someone his line, who, but.
0: As someone who's been dealing with Pius Sutter as his second line center for two years, uh, I get it. I understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not a bad, you can, you know, they
1: can also, if they decide that they, um, you know, are going to actually have McTavish in the opening night lineup, like he can, he can play the wing as well and just kind of be there with Strom. I think that's not a bad idea. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I just it's just a it's just a cap floor move, I think in my sure. opinion, so
0: sure. They're not they're I mean they're needle movers but not the major No, 100%. Mo- <laughs> All right, moving on to Arizona Coyotes. Uh, DSN does not have them having any major signings. Good. Uh names that stand out, you got Nick Bago- uh Bajukstad, uh Troy Stetcher, uh and Connor Geeky. Um but no, none of these are needle movers. These are all placeholder, generic faceless pricks that will skate in front of two thousand people.
1: Yeah, I think Connor Geeky is the only one. I mean, he's it's an entry level contract, right? So they're just basically yeah. You know, he was yeah. he was one of their first picks, so um, that's definitely their biggest one. Um, oh, you didn't like
0: the you didn't like the Bukanji Imama signing? Well, no, I don't, that's that's not a real person. <laughs> That is not. That is not any. I just. I see two way contract and I immediately just not don't, stop caring. <laughs>
1: oh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Oh shoot! That guy's. That guy literally just skates with fucking cinder blocks on his feet. God. He's so funny to watch skate. He's terrible. But he's terrible. It, it is what it is. He'll beat the shit out of anybody
0: that tells him he's bad. So it's fine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's jump over to uh, the Calgary Flames. Okay, here we yeah, go. Um, their so their shakeup is not in free agency, but in in the trade the of trade. the century. Like this is the, this is the trade of the century. Uh, fuck it, we're gonna talk about it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, we've got here. I mean, let me pull up the trade tracker, the official NHL fucking trade tracker. Uh,
1: While you're doing that, the only thing I will say is they did lock up uh, Zadorov, who had, uh, you know, he's just a big dude. And so I think he he played a pretty important role on that defense, so they locked him up for two years. I think that's probably their biggest signing, though. Really, anything that means anything to anybody, anywhere.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, and with the loss, uh, i was saying when we're talking about, we have to talk about their losses, really. Um, Johnny Gaudreau yeah. And Matthew Kachuk leaving like this. This is a team that was, you know, for all intents and purposes, looks like it was going into a forced rebuild. Right. Um, and, and this move actually makes it so that they don't. OK, I got the trade right here uh, on a major trade. Matthew Kachuk and a conditional 2025 fourth round pick going to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie hmm. Weger Cole Schwint. And a conditional 2025 first round pick. Uh, let's, since we're on Calgary, let's talk about what Calgary receives in this deal. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau is a top 20 player in the NHL. Mm hmm. Um, the Mackenzie Weger is one of the top defensemen in the league. I've been told, I, I would say what? Mackenzie's probably top 20 or 30 defensemen? Mm, I'd put him at 30. Okay. Cole Schwint, I've heard is a B plus prospect. I don't know much about him, but I've heard I've heard that explained of he's a B plus prospect. Okay. And then a conditional 2025 first round pick. I don't know what the condition is, uh, but that's that is a hefty package from Matthew Chuck. And and I'm not necessarily convinced that he is worth that. But I've tried. So the initial Twitter reactions of this are, this is a fucking steal for Calgary. Well. I think we have to kind of put it in perspective in the sense of both Herbido and Uyghur are in one, one year left. Yep. And as of this recording, neither of them have signed with Calgary. Right. So it's very – like if, if – if I texted you after this. There are two things that I need to know before I can give a final judgment on this trade. One, were Herbido and Uyghur not going to re-sign in Florida? Right. And number two, are they going to sign in Calgary? Yeah. Uh I think if the answers are both no on that, then Florida won this trade. Mm-hmm. Uh you're getting you're you've essentially you've essentially traded, you know, arguably your second franchise pl- you know, like once Johnny Gaudreau is gone, it's Matthew Kachuk is your franchise player. Mm-hmm. Um you've essentially traded your your very short term uh franchise player for rentals. Right. Which which is not good. Uh, now I understand the counter argument of well, you could flip those guys at the deadline. I go, yeah, but, like, again, they're rentals, though. Right. Like, these guys, these are not three or four-year, con- two, three-year contracts. Like, you're going to flip them to a playoff team. Right. Now, granted, maybe you get somebody who's stupid. You know, Ken Holland overpays for McKenzie. No, that would never happen. They'd never trade with Edmonton. But, um, you know, somebody like that that wants to overpay at the deadline for one of these two. Uh, but but then that just makes you, you know, if you're if you're selling off Huberdeau or Uyghur at the deadline, you're you're basically waving the flag again, right? You know, you're you're rebuilding assets. So unless it's another hockey trade where you're trading Jonathan Huberdeau for, you know, uh, Leon Dreisidel or Evgeny Malkin or you know what I mean, right? Like a one for one similar talent thing, which makes no sense at all. Uh, I don't know. I, I we'll see. Huberdeau is I you can't knock Huberto. he's no fucking he's fucking one of the best players in the league right uh mackenzie wieger i, I mean it's fun. <laughs> he gets burned like three times in the playoff series against tampa and now the entire South florida fucking hates him <laughs> uh like he he was like one of the best defensemen all season and then he he fucked you know he, he pulled a jake garnier and now he can't ever go back to florida so I, I don't know I I've been a big Mackenzie Weaker fan I've watched this guy play he is a big body that can also be offensive mm-hmm. um, I I think he's really good uh, if if Calgary can lock up these two guys then yeah they won the, they won this they won this yeah hundred percent I mean you basically
1: 100%. you basically if you can lock up even even Huberdo right I mean if you can lock up Huberto, who yes he's he's a little he's a couple years older than Kachuk right
0: I think what he's, do you what do you sign Huberdo at if you're you know you can wave a wand and pick any term Uh, he's 29 now so i mean three four
1: years i'm giving him at least five okay i'd give him five and and you know he's he's gonna want goudreau money though right like he's gonna want somewhere in that area because in reality like yes goudreau you know went through a few bad years and things like that huberto has honestly been out producing him right so like that's that's kind of where my mind goes. Yeah, um, you've
0: you've arguably picked up a bet. Like somehow, you have lost two of your best players, and you somehow are coming out on the other- like, like Weger is not a one to one to right. Like so, I mean, it's not it's not like in terms of asset loss. Like Gaudreau and Kachuk is not balanced out by Huberdeau and Weger, but it's close.
1: Uh, it's pretty damn close. And you get you know you pretty get an offensive minded defenseman, which you look at. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, this Calgary defense, they're six deep and, you know, Anderson is, Anderson is pretty good, but you know what you're getting with Uyghur, right? Like you, uh-huh. you can get some, you can get some pretty nice offensive production from him, Uyghur's, Uyghur's too, a fir-
0: so. Uyghur's a first line defenseman. Like right. he is, he, he is a power play quarterback and he's like, this is a good, this is a good, he, yes, he sacrifices, he's, he's an offensive defenseman. Right. Like you're he's gonna get burned every once in a while. Right. Like that's the risk you have with an offensive defenseman. Just stick him with, you know, a a Ben Charat and you're good to go. Yeah, the, a Ben Charat type, you know. Yeah. I mean you're
1: basically just you're 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 not replicating the exact production here, but you're basically saying, Okay, I have I essentially got a one for one on my left winger, and on my right winger I got a potential first round pick and you know, if he signs a defenseman who you know could be a top two defenseman, right? Like, I mean, on, on this there, team for
0: sure. So this defense is deep. I'm looking at this right now. You yeah. got Noah, Noah Hannifin, Rasmus Anderson, McKenzie Weger, Chris Tanev, Oliver, Kyling, Oliver Kylington's a stud, mm. um, and Nikita Zadorov. Like Zadorov's the weakest player on this, and he's he's not bad, right? Like this is a good defensive core. Like this is solid. Um looking at the the top line here you know elias elias Lindholm, jonathan huberdo and tyler toffoli is not a bad first line that's a that's a top line like when like when tyler Toffoli's your weakest player you're you know you're doing something right right like he's the worst player on that line and that's and that's not an insult that's just a, he's skating with two fucking studs right um you know then we start talking about depth which could be a problem but you know when when milan luke i don't know about milan Lukic. Um you know, you're gonna have to you're hoping that Mangia Pani is gonna c- continue to produce. Right. Um Backlin Backland's nothing special, Coleman's nothing special. Um I don't know. I it's the the depth here is a problem, but you know, you're you're one trade away and you've got a first line pick now. Um you know, it, say you get to the deadline, if you're bad, you you know, and you're and Uyghur and Hubert don't want to stay because it the writing's on the wall. Trade for the future, and you, you get picks. Right. If you're if you're in a but you're you're at the deadline, you're in a playoff position. You take that conditional 2025 pick you just got, bundle them up with Schwind, and fucking buy buy yourself somebody to skate with Huberdeau. Sure. So yeah. I, they they somehow, man, it was looking I, it was like looking if you're a Calgary bleak. man, if you're a Calgary fan, you've you've had just such a wave of emotion in the last <laughs> you know two weeks. Uh, shit in your pants a little bit yeah that's that's man i yeah it's it's if i'm a calgary fan i'm i'm upset that stars don't want to stay on my team sure but i'm not panicking like there's so many different moves like management wouldn't have done this if they wanted this is not a rebuild move this is a this is not a tuck you know oh we lost our best two players i guess it's time for a rebuild this is not that kind of move this is a we lost our two best players. Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna go get new ones, right? And I it's this is this is huge. This is a great fucking trade for them. Yeah, like, I think, at best at best this is a mutually beneficial trade, sure. if not a fleecing by Calgary. The only the only way that it's not a fleecing is if Herberdo and Weeger don't resign. Right. Yeah, and I think I think you know there's probably a little bit of that. You know,
1: obviously nobody knows what they're going to do yet but yeah i mean they just essentially that's this is the this is the perfect scenario for gms who say they want to restructure their lineup yep right if you think about it like that like that's that's what this is is basically they lost their top left winger and their top right winger so they brought in a top left winger and just said all right fuck it we're gonna just you know bring in a uh you know i think yep. i think weger probably had 40 50 points last year right so like mm-hmm you know, it's just they're they're just kind of moving it towards you know bringing a little bit of offense from the back end now, right? Like, yeah, it's it really is a nice like they they did well, and I like what you said because I think you're right. They need one more, they need one more um, offensive player, right? They're, they're they missing they're missing forward,
0: one more piece but. to get back to what they lost. Sure, yeah, hundred percent. They need one more thing, but you know, with the addition of Weger. To have like a very a very deep D, like this is yeah. this is a good defense. Yeah, um, that's a good blue line. So, uh, yeah, one more offensive piece. I, I you know, look if I'm a Calgary fan, I wouldn't be stressing about your lineup. I'm stressing about why we can't keep people. Um, I don't know if it's an ownership thing. I don't know if it's a. Every time I've gone to Calgary, it's a beautiful town. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, I keep hearing the financial argument that you know no one wants to deal with, uh. Canadian taxes, nobody wants to deal with Canadian protocols on COVID. Um, I, I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, um, but I could see that, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Um, in any case, but then again, I mean, Calgary is, you know, unless you're playing for one of the two, two or three major teams in the, you know, southern, southeast corner of the country, you're kind of out in the boonies. Yeah. As, yeah, as great sure. as a city Calgary is, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere.
1: Yeah. 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 I so, don't I mean I, I, know what I get it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's sad if if I had to pick a Canadian team like gun to head, I have to pick one of my favorite Canadian teams, I would say Calgary. Yeah. I love I love the Calgary Flames. I just I just it it makes me sad that they can't get their shit together. Yep. Uh, maybe maybe it's their arena. Uh, that could I can attest to. The arena the arena's pretty gross. Yeah, could be. S- Saddledome's cool from the outside, but in the inside it it definitely is aged. Yep, hundred okay. percent. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Uh, what's our What's our next team? Be Chicago, what... I believe. Huh? Yeah, Chicago. We'll uh, We'll talk more about uh, the flame or the the Florida Panther side of things when we get to the East. Okay. Um, looking at Chicago, uh, man. That's just it's just bad. This this <laughs> this is a bad this is a bad team. This. <laughs> it's not I don't. Good. I don't know. Like, they are, they are aggressively trying to piss off Kane and Taze. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. They're like trying they, to push him out of town. They met. They met. And, and Kane and Taze were like, hey, uh, we really want to make another run at it before we retire. And the new GM's like, hey, I've got another idea. How about I make things incredibly uncomfortable for you <laughs> to the point where you are skating with my nephew who plays – down the road on a squirt on a squirt rep team Um, and you tell me if you want to stick around (laughs) it's a bold (laughs) strategy but you know it is really good uh, because at the moment uh, Patrick Kane is set to skate on the first line with somebody named Lucas Reichel and Philip Kurashev there you go
1: (laughs) right on man
0: I don't know who those people are I don't think I don't think Kane does either
1: No, no, he's never met either of those two. (laughs) No, Kane
0: Kane gets on a Daily Faceoff. Who the fuck is that?
1: You think think Patrick Kane's just fucking scouring his own Chicago Blackhawks (laughs) Daily (laughs) Faceoff? And he's like, "Who am I playing? Who the fuck? Who is Entwistle? We got a guy named fucking Taylor Radish on our team. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, Yeah, Taylor uh, – dude, Tyler Johnson – so inside sources, my inside sources. Nice. uh, Tell me that Tyler Johnson is actively looking to get to Seattle. Damn. Um, I I think the problem there, there, though, is, you know, uh, Chicago doesn't want to give him away for free, and Seattle is not going to overpay for Tyler Johnson. Yeah, 100%. Um, Tyler Johnson at his age is probably a third or fourth line guy. Yeah. Um, and and that and that sucks to say because Tyler Johnson's homeboy uh, from from Spokane. Uh, but um, you know I don't I don't think that Ron Francis probably is jumping for Tyler Johnson. But but hey man, uh, if if I was, I mean Seattle's still not going to be good. So if I'm looking to move some jerseys. Sure. Local boy Tyler Johnson's the way to go. And and it makes me sound like I'm saying bad things about Johnson. Like Johnson's a good hockey player. Um it's just you know, he's getting old. He's getting older.
1: Yeah, and he's and he's had some down years recently, right? So uh,
0: Well, you know. what's he supposed to do on the fucking Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, that's fair. I don't think he's, he even
1: played really at all last year. For I'm him, I'm right? looking
0: at this roster. I'm I'm not Taylor, I'm not even embellishing he might be the third best player on this team. Like I, I'm You're probably I, Okay, right, for, dude. fourth behind fourth behind Seth Jones. Okay. Actually, you know what? No, back to third because Jonathan Taze is not good. Fair. Jonathan Taze is not a good hockey player at, at the moment. Like right. maybe he has a re, you know, he has a renaissance, but Jonathan Taze is not a good hockey player. Didn't he sit unpicked in our fantasy last oh, year? Oh yeah,
1: I think he was on the wire the whole time.
0: Yeah, he literally like he got scooped up everybody hoping that he was going to figure it out and nope. Fucked. So here's, yeah, no, uh he's he's back. Like Patrick Kane, Seth Jones, and then Tyler Johnson. He's the third best player on this team. Here's a stat for you. Yep. Jonathan Taves had thirty
1: seven points in seventy one games last year. Oh wow. It's uh really not good. Almost half a point per game.
0: That is that's I mean almost, the man's hurt
1: but Come on, dude. Yeah. It's got to be I know, but he, than
0: that. He's, he's getting in. But he's. See, that's the problem. Like, he needs to. Jonathan Taze is not Jonathan Taze. He's now a. You know, he's. um Oh, who's the guy that's on Dallas now? That's on the, the perfection line there? Sagan or Pavelski? Pavelski. Pavelski. Like, he, we need to start thinking of Jonathan Taze as more of a Pavelski. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not. He's, he's, he's a piece, but he's not the piece. He's the third line center now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, he could be a second line center if sure. he was surrounded by good talent sure but no he's not a line. he's not a line driver anymore let's put it that way yeah yeah so uh no this is a bad team uh max domi and uh double a andreas anthony uh old red wing comes into the team um domi doesn't move the needle at all uh AA, I mean i hope chicago fans are really excited to see him skate fast in a straight line they have someone in the fastest skating competition now at least that's well, uh, is that, that Yeah, first, in, I guess. right. He's got to be an all star. <laughs> uh, thankfully, our all star games are not actual all stars, and they force uh bad players from bad teams on onto the all star game. Perfect. Yeah, it's, can't wait for that. Um, yeah, Andreas Anthony Cino doesn't move the needle. Um, the guy can skate fast in a straight line. That's about it. There's a reason why he keeps bouncing from team to team. Mm-hmm. Um, between between his lack of diversity in his skill and apparently his attitude um it's just it's just not yeah 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 yeah, it's just not good so uh looking at this i i mean it's very clear that the gm want they are creating an environment that is unbearable for patrick Kane and jonathan taze so they they waive their no, no 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 trade clause yeah yeah Man, that's a fucking which ballsy. I mean, that's a ballsy if, move. But you, you got to do it sometimes. I guess you can't. There's no there's nothing they could do. Yeah. There's the 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 Renaissance years are over. There's nobody else on this roster from that team. Right. That 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 you know dream team. There's nobody left except those two. And you can't. There's just no way you can build around the team. It's just crazy. Some of the guys they got rid of though. Like
1: man, like Kirby Doc is still in that area where he could figure it out in 2 years. DeBrincat is and was, be a be a first line guy, yeah. Yeah, like it's just cat you know, they got moving oh. moving him uh Brandon And Hagel. the return on
0: that was just oh, it was oh my god. DeBrincat, I can't but I can't believe that more people didn't offer stuff for cat
1: Yeah. First round and a second round essentially.
0: That's so that's such a lo- this is a guy who just scored 40 goals recently. Yeah, that one's pretty mind-boggling. And and even if he's on the lower end, like, this guy, he's going to put up 30 goals. Like, is is he a 40-goal guy every year? No, but he's definitely a 30-goal guy every year. Right. Like, him and Max Pacioretty are going to put up 30 goals. Yeah. Like, ah, it's fucking...
1: Yeah, and not even, I mean, you know, it's it's been a little while now, but Brandon Hagel traded away, too. Like, it's just, they basically just walked in and fucking scorched earth, man.
0: Sure. And, and you know what? If you're going to do that, that's great. But when you've got like, honestly, I fuck, if I'm Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, why do I even want to play here? Why? Dude, it's, Go, I,
1: it reminds unless you want me to retire a Blackhawk. You ever see Moneyball? Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of that, right? Like the GM's just like, alright, you, like basically telling the coach, but, you know, similar thing, like alright, we're just going to get rid of everybody so you cannot do anything like, or, you know, in this case, like so you literally have to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, That's, I it's mean, crazy, it, man.
0: The, I mean, they can stick around, you know? Like, I, it's its just there, it, it's very obvious that there is, like, they're trying to say that everything's amicable and Taze and Kane are weighing their options and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, the GM is doing everything they can to create an untenable situation for Kane and Taze so they can trade them. Yeah. And what? you know what? i The only thing that might playing in their favor is that they're hope like this they're hoping this season you know kane comes in he leads the team in scoring puts up you know 70 80 90 points and then at the deadline they can actually like okay kane still got it even on a bad team he's putting up points and they flip him at the deadline you know fuck patty Kane, patty came to the flames yeah there you go patty came to the Flames, and. The Flames give them the first round pick they just got, their first round pick, and a prospect.
1: Yeah,
0: I, you know, do you take that trade. Um, if you're Chicago, if I'm Chicago, yeah, I
1: think I think you're I think you're going to be hard pressed to find teams that are going to want to trade away their 2023 first
0: rounder. Yeah, but if I'm Calgary, I know I'm not getting. What's his face? Sure. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. even even if Calgary takes a step like. Like yes, losing Johnny Gaudreau and Kachuk and it, Kachuk is bad, but you've you've gained enough. Of, like this is still this is still a playoff team. Yeah, like Calgary's not going to fall out; they're just not as good. Right. Like they're they're still. I mean, especially with how the West is balanced at the moment. Like you know, LA's LA's taken a step forward, but they're still not quite there yet. Ducks are you know in the midst of a rebuild. San Jose's just continuing to get worse. Um, Arizona's not making the playoffs, obviously. Um, like it's, it's still just, just by process of looking at the Western conference and that Pacific division, like uh, Calgary's still in, it's just, you know, is this a, is this a team to not get bounced in the first round? Yeah. So we'll see. It's, it's Um,
1: just, it's crazy. Yeah. So Chicago out the door, Kirby doc, Alex to uh, Brandon Hagel from, from March and they did get you know I guess and then uh, uh, flurry too from from March they got another yeah. first round pick oh, so
0: God what I haven't even looked at this goaltending was Oh good Peter Mrazic, Peter dude come on God uh, solid solid historic journeyman first for one A goalie right there Yeah 100 He's he's so good that he wants to spread his one A talents to. Ninety teams. How many teams can Peter Mrazek play for before Dude, he Peter Mrazek is going them? to beat Jager's record and just play for
1: everybody? <laughs> oh shit! He's got. He's gonna get a DiPietro Pietro contract from someone. This else. is
0: this is such a bad team. Like, I just I can't. They might be last place. Oh yeah, they're they're for they might, sure they're, in the
1: Bedard sweet stakes right now. Like, they're they're,
0: they're are. It's it's Chicago and maybe San Jose at, or maybe Montreal fighting for last place. Like, this is a bad team.
1: Oh yeah, you got to throw the Coyotes in there too, but I completely Co- yeah agree.
0: probably Yotes yeah yeah Yotes too. Yep, that's it's not good. Yeah, this okay, one, this one hurts. Let's see who's next. Colorado Avalanche. There you go. Uh, major signings: Arturi Leikkanen and Josh Manson. Yep, coming in. Uh, let's see here on the trade. And do they have any trades? I don't think so. Let me take a look.
1: Uh, they brought it. So the big one was Gorgiev.
0: Gorgiev, yeah.
1: Uh, but that's Andrew it. Andrew Cogliano. Like, yeah. Cogs,
0: so all of the March stuff is from their, uh, them just stocking oh, yeah, up, before, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Gorgiev comes in. Uh, so, okay, uh, as as somebody who, you know, is looking at this, uh, I'm not necessarily loving this. I, like, I've always been a, a mild stan for Gorgiev. I think that he's always been in the shadow of Shesterkin for so long. Right. That he's never had a time to shine. Um, God, but, you know, Sakic's balls... In the fact that he's like he's so confident in the team out front that he can literally—I mean, this is Franois and Gorgiev is average goaltending.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a scary, and it's kind yeah, of a scary uh, combo there.
0: Yeah, it's it's like the the balls that he has to think that Kale McCarr is just going to also play goalie. You know? <laughs> I mean, maybe he
1: does. We don't know. You
0: know. I mean, he can. Well, yeah, you know, sure. It's, but it, so, I mean, that's that's a little scary to me. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I, I think that, I mean, this is a largely unchanged team. Yeah. So I, they're still cup, in my mind, top three cup favorites.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, go, jumping over to the free agent stuff for them too, right? Like they, they, uh, they locked up Cogs, who, who's a good third line guy, I think still. Mm. Uh, you know, Valerie Nichushkin was an important lockup for them, and then obviously the Manson and Leckan and stuff. So, sure. yeah, I mean
0: the team the team is
1: you know it's the, a good team. Obviously, gonna,
0: I mean losing Kadri is going to suck.
1: Yeah, um, two gaping was, holes was, in, in in net and second line center, but I think yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, JT Compers JT Compers not that, but but you know what, the season's long uh and if they get to the deadline they can easily fix that so yeah. it's not it, i mean this is this is a team that they don't need to worry about getting a second line center to make the playoffs they're making the playoffs yeah so you know you you get up to that position then you get to the deadline you find out who's available and uh and do and it kinda, all over again yep yeah maybe i mean second line center Jonathan Tays uh if he's if he's skating with people that can do it you know yeah, God you, I don't you, I don't hate that.
1: You can you can do worse than even their second line and in, in Chushkin, Comfort, and Lekenden though. I mean that's it's really not yeah. a horrible second line that just kind of battles the other team's first line, right? Like
0: Yeah yeah you know, know. that's that's a sh- that's a shutdown second line yeah
1: and they can you know they can mix that around if they need to with you know drop ranting down and and not have that you know beefy first line you kind of spread it out a little bit so i mean sure they, they got they got options there i just yeah that's a tough loss with kadri for sure yeah, there's still rumors that he they could potentially try to make some room for him um it'd be tough but it would be super tough i just i don't see yeah. it happening
0: uh, the defense is unchanged. It's still amazing. Yeah, it's still might be. It's it's probably the best defense in the whole league. Oh, you have
1: you have a four. I, I believe Byron was a fourth overall pick, and honestly, in limited minutes because he's been a little injured, I, that kid would go to a lot of teams and be a, a two three defenseman right now. And he yeah. they have him. By, on the Bo Byron,
0: Bo and Byron is he's already I, at this this is the best. This is arguably the best defense in
1: the league. Yeah, it's crazy. And maybe, and that's probably why Sakic isn't as worried about, you know, Gorgiev being behind that is because you look at the Rangers
0: who he's been playing behind, and it does their defense doesn't even compare. Right. Or Franzos, I mean, Franzos has been serviceable. Sure, he's not bad. Sure. So, we'll see. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that they lost enough to make them bad. Um, they're, they're definitely still in there, and they were able to hold on to uh, uh, elite player Darren Helm. Yeah. That's the key. I mean, that's that's really the linchpin of this. I mean, if they lost him,
1: then it's over. Yeah, clearly they needed to keep him around. So
0: everything everything hinges on Darren Helm. (laughs) It's a great Uh, place. All right, Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars. stars. Uh, Looking at it, um, let's see here. I don't really see much. Um,
1: Future considerations was traded to the Dallas Stars. So,
0: okay, well, that's. Future considerations moving around a lot yep. to get to offload the Ben Bishop contract. Yep. So now we see the B- Buffalo Sabres still not uh, taking everything completely seriously at the moment. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, nothing on, the, nothing on the stars. Doesn't look like anything interesting. Uh, Edmonton Oilers. Real quick. I do want to, I do want to
1: jump to one on the stars. Oh, what? Uh, free agency. They brought in Marchment, who who you have given some good praise to. And, and honestly, you know, forty-seven points in fifty-four
0: games. That's that's pretty that? good. Why did I not see that? I feel like I would have. Yeah, Marchmont's Uh, he's a he's an underrated player in my
1: opinion. Yeah, twenty-seven. I mean, yeah, it's, he's he's a good two-way guy. I think there. So that's
0: a good move for them to bring in Mason um, Marchment. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Colin, Colin Miller is past his prime. Sure. Um, I don't know the other guys. Scott Wedgwood is a serviceable backup. Yeah, I mean, arguably, you bring in
1: Marchment, you bring in, you know, realistically a third pairing D and Colin Miller. Um, these these bad. are good signings. Yeah, these are good signings.
0: signings. It's just the, the problem is is that I mean, it, it's not enough to make this t- Like your problem is is that you're still have a lot of money tied up in Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, who right. are just not playing to their contract right now. Yep, like it's it's a problem, uh, and and their their value is incredibly low right like i don't i don't even think you could get a first round pick for jimmy ben right now no 100 percent, you can't yeah that's and that that's a problem Yep. that is a problem all right edmonton oilers yeah uh july july 7th they make a trade uh is that cassian yeah goes just to the in contract man okay a lot of picks a lot of picks
1: yeah uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, Coyotes. Coyotes said that they wanted a little more, a little more beef in their lineup with some of the, yeah. like you know, Keller is fucking 160 pounds dripping wet, right? So, yeah, yeah. That, I, I mean, Edmonton just shedding contract or shedding some money there, you know, swapping for so, round picks, no big deal.
0: And and they did that because their big their big thing was they re-signed Evander Kane yep. for four years, um, regardless of how much of a scumbag he is. Uh, Still he's- a good player. Still a good player, um, nothing wrong with that. Four years at five, I think that's reasonable for him. Uh, Kane is arguably probably worth more than that, but yeah. he he's self-aware of the baggage that he comes with. Right. Um, Jack Campbell is the big sign here. Yep. Uh, I think this is a. We don't want to talk about Toronto right now. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, but Jack Campbell, I, look, I, I think Jack Campbell's underrated. I think he's a good, I think he's a good goalie. He's a, he's a B plus a minus goalie in my opinion on his good night. He's an A minus on a bad night. He's a BB plus. Um, and honestly, when you've got Connor McDavid, you, you just need, like, you know, you need acceptable goal. You don't need elite goaltending on this Edmonton team. You just need acceptable goaltending. You don't need Mike Smith fucking getting lost behind his net. Right. And that's what Jack Campbell provides. Jack Campbell will provide reliable stability and goal. Yeah. I mean, this is he's not, he's not elite, but he's reliable and good. I mean,
1: how long have we been saying this is what the Oilers need? You
0: know, for seasons, seasons.
1: Yeah. And and they, they went out and got a guy in Jack Campbell. I mean, he is a step up. You could put Koskinen and Mike Smith in between the pipes at the exact same time. And they're and probably Jack not going to be Yeah, Jack Campbell's probably going to stop more pucks. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah Jack Campbell. No this is a good there. signing. It's a good signing. Yep, I agree. Yep, absolutely. And then and then getting Evander Kane at, like you said, arguably, uh, you know, a lot less. You know, he probably honestly with with twenty two goals and forty three games for Edmonton it's, last it's, year,
0: it takes the pressure off of Drysdale and McDavid a little bit, right? Like, they're like he. They're, it's not every you know. It's not every night where McDavid has to turn into Superman and save the game, it'll be more like every three games now. Sure. Because Evander Kane can, can, can be relied upon for... I mean, he's a solid 30-goal scorer.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can convince me right now with, you know, with what the Pacific looks like. I know there's a couple teams at the top still. I think Calgary and, and Knights, obviously, are still at the top. But uh, Jack Campbell and Evander Kane's signings really make Edmonton probably the the Pacific... Team to beat the Pacific this year, in my opinion, so...
0: You could argue that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah. Um, defense is still a problem. True. That is true. Fuck! <coughs> God, God bless damn. ya. Woo! Getting allergic to all this talk about...
1: Edmonton. nice things about Evander Kane. Yeah, and, and, Hall, and Kenny Holland <laughs> doing something good. Oh, yeah. Ugh.
0: I can't... What the oh, fuck? <laughs> Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on to the L.A. Kings... Uh, Obviously, the biggest signing here, Phoenix Copley, coming in on a one-year deal. Yeah,
1: that's huge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> massive, massive, just, just tra- huge
1: day. there for them. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, oh career save percentage, uh, eight seventy-eight. Good for him. <laughs> good for him. Good to see. Good to see he still got work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, major signings. Uh, let's see here. Oh, these are pretty old. Uh, well, uh, you got you got Kevin Fiala coming in. Yep. Um, I, you know, all right. As as somebody who takes pride in thinking that guys are underrated, I don't know. I just I just can't bring myself to jump on the Kevin Fiala bandwagon. I don't think he's worth seven point eight. I just can't. I seven by seven is oh, basically seven by eight. I just don't think he's worth that much. I think he had one good year.
1: Well, I think I think you can say he's had his one good year and now he's in his prime. Right, he's starting to get in like he's starting to get into his prime. So they're they're kind, if, I agree, they're kind of taking more If of you're a risk an LA fan, chance,
0: you are telling yourself that. Yes. Yeah. Sure.
1: You know, and I yes. think yeah, 85 points in 82 games like that's that is pretty nice. You know, you got to look hope, You got to look around the uh the fact not that-
0: taking away from his good season, that, absolutely. He, sure, he had a good year, but this is a guy that he, you know, he didn't blow it away his first year there, and he did nothing in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So I like I, I just you know breadth of work, you know, maybe maybe he's hit his stride. You know, he's only twenty five. Maybe he's just getting into it, and I could be wrong. But I just he had one good year. To me, it's just not it's just not enough yet. And and obviously having Kevin like they, I mean they traded him or they you know they got rid of him, uh, they obviously didn't think that he was enough of a needle mover. So yeah, I don't know. I I I'm gonna be pessimistic on this. I think I think L.A. grows to not like this uh, signing in the future. Yeah, I think
1: it's just for me it's just ballsy to kind of throw seven years at, at close to eight million at someone like you're saying has really only had like. You know, yeah. Last year, last year was a good season, but God, I mean, you know, look at the guys that's he's it. playing with. So, yeah, yeah, that's all he's got. Yep.
0: And I just, I don't, I, I, you know, he's he can be a guy next to the guy for sure. Um, I just, I don't know though. You know, Minnesota, Minnesota is a contender, whereas LA is not, and we've seen him play on teams that are not. Yeah. You know those 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 last years in Nashville. Well, even he was on, wasn't he on those good Nashville teams too?
1: Uh, he is still too young. I okay. think at that point. I think he was sure. yeah, still pretty young in the league when, when those teams were, were killing it. So
0: Sure, sure. Um, Adrian Kempe, is that a resign?
1: Yeah, it's a re sign. Fifty four points in seventy eight games last year looks like. So I mean at five point five, fuck that's that's more production than uh than your your favorite third line center for the Kraken, so Yeah.
0: Oh shit! That was a trade. That wasn't a signing. That was a trade. They gave they gave the Minnesota Wild a first round pick. Now I really don't like this. Yeah, this is dumb. This is dumb. Yep, that's, that's a, a dumb, that's a
1: dumb trade. Yeah, first round pick this year, which isn't a huge deal. But I've heard good things about this Faber kid. Too, so.
0: Fiala is not worth a first. I, I'm sorry. Like he had one good year. I, I you're. I mean, if you're an LA Kings fan, you're really hoping that it's it's a it's you know he's hitting his stride and he's coming into his own. Right. Not that was a one hit wonder kind of thing. So this is
1: this just, is very similar to me as a Ducks fan basically just throwing 7 years 8 million at Troy Terry cuz he finally figured it out last year. Yeah. Right? Yep. And I'm saying yep. that he's going to continue to do that production for 7 more years. Like I just don't know. Right? Like yep. I love yep. I love Troy Terry and I think he is going to have, you know, fairly similar production, but man, you're you're throwing a lot at that for for yep. 7 more years, right? Like Yep. Oof. Yeah. I, I agree. That's I think amazing. it's a, it's it feels a little more risky than it's you risky. like it. It's real risky. Yep.
0: All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Wild already uh, we already talked about this trade. Uh, in my opinion, that's a steal for Kevin Fiala, first round pick. That's a that's a hell of a deal, um, and a defenseman. I don't know who Brock Faber is, but I mean the first round pick would have already. That's just icing on the cake. Um, their big thing was goalie. Uh, a little bit of a goalie carousel. Um, they Minnesota picks up Philip Gustavson. In exchange for Cam Talbot, apparently the the Cam Talbot, uh, they finally listened to this podcast and heard me, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh wait, Cam Talbot's actually only a mediocre goalie." Yeah, we should probably not not rely on him. Okay, cool. So, uh, send him. They send him to Ottawa. Pick up Philip Gustavson. Uh, he's gonna be probably he's gonna be playing backup to Marc Andre Fleury, who has resigned with the wild with the wild Mm -hmm. two years at seven mil uh i don't know if flurry is worth at this point you're paying for the legacy of mark-andre flurry not mark-andre flurry um two years at seven is steep but it's two years right so gives a shit um and honestly uh if it doesn't work out you can trade him at the deadline to a contender sure if he's okay with it anything anything else to add on the wild
1: yeah no, that's all I'm really seeing there. Yeah, that's all. I that's
0: all I see too. All right. Um, is Nashville in the West? Uh, yes. Yeah, they're in the Central. That's right. All right, Nashville Predators. Uh, we've got we've got uh, a couple fervent Nashville Predators fans that listen to this show, so we'll we'll give you we'll give you a show here. Uh, their biggest signing, unfortunately, though, was well, they re-signed Philip Forsberg. Yep, which is big. So that that's that's good. Yep, it's good. Um, looking through here, Zach Sanford's a depth guy. Uh, Nino Niederreiter is your is your big big here. Uh, I this is another one where I'm up on him. I, I think Nino Niederreiter is a great foundational piece to any team. Uh, this is, he's a good hockey player. Uh, I like I like Nino Niederreiter. Um, I think that he can be useful. To this team, I don't know. He's not too much of a needle mover, but you can rely on you can rely on Nino Niederreiter to do what Nino Ryder does. Um, I don't know if he's worth eight million dollars a year. Sure, uh, but the term is two years, and let's be honest. I don't think Nashville is planning on making a cup run here in the next two years.
1: Well, so he's actually four four million cap hit. Oh, yeah, is eight, cap is four. Okay,
0: all right, yeah. So, well, because- oh then. Then that's fine. Yeah. yeah,
1: for me, for me, I mean, he's kind of a middle six guy, but you know, at twenty nine, he's going to bring a little bit of, you know, a little bit of experience there. And I'm with you. I like you know redder so I think for four million, two years, you're really not, you know, you're kind of taking a little bit of a chance at a guy around thirty. But yeah, no, not I think much. I think that's you know, th- yeah, exactly. They're not taking too much of a
0: shot. Uh, not much. And so. you know what? You're not uh, you're not uh, you're not risking a lot because again, I don't I don't think. I mean, granted, you know, if you're in a Nashville you're a Nashville fan, you can correct me, correct me, but I don't think expectations are very high for Nashville. Um, I think bubble team is reasonable. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody's predicting them to win the cup. I don't think they have high expectations to do anything. Um, Nashville is obviously in a, definitely not a rebuild, but I would definitely say a retool. Yeah. You know, um, you, you got to see if Matt Duchenne can have another Renaissance. Um, you got to have, you got to get more from Philip Forsberg. Uh, you got to hope that you can get somebody else on that blue line other than Roman Yossi. Right. Um, and Soros has got to play good hockey. Yeah. I think there's
1: two other signings that I kind of, you know, highlight a little bit with them. Uh, so I, I like the Kevin Lankinen signing. That's the, uh-huh. the kid from Chicago. He's just playing behind a shitty Chicago team, but I think he, he definitely had some moments. So uh, okay. I think that's a pretty good backup for them to add there. And then, Jeremy Lazan, who was with the Kraken last year for oh, you know, yes. until the deadline. Uh, I don't I don't care. About he's you. okay. He adds a little bit of grit. He gets more of a third parent guy, but at two million, fuck. You know, you can do worse than Jeremy Lazan. And, and Lazan actually had some success with Boston before the expansion draft. So
0: yeah, strikes I, me more as okay. a play uh, he strikes me more as a play so he's a role guy, you yeah, know. 100%. And roll guy roll guys don't necessarily move the needle much, but they, you can rely on them. So yeah, that's that's fine. Um, they're one major trade. Uh, they picked up Ryan McDonough. Yep, from uh, from the from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, as you know, they shed some cap, some cap space. Uh McDonough's going to play well. I I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on a line with Yossi. Yeah, I don't think that's a unless bad the idea. Hand, in, unless the handedness doesn't work out. You know, right. Um, but otherwise, I I don't see why you don't put him on a line with Roman Yossi. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and these people that I see, it's obviously a cap dump because I don't know these people, Philip Myers and Grant Mishmash, mm-hmm. Miss, Miss Mash, Miss Mash. <laughs> Great name. Um, but yeah, no, this, I mean, that's a good trade. Um, it will, it, it, minor improvements, you know, tweaks here and there to, uh, to retool and get ready for, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a splash. Yeah. Uh, it could be, could we see Patrick Kane on this team? Sure. You, you know, you might need,
1: they might need him cuz i mean yeah. you know they don't have a ton of really high powered offensive guys besides Forsberg and you know you just hope Duchesne can do it again i guess so
0: yeah if if i'm one of if i'm in the position if i'm a team like Nashville that's hovering around a border looking to take the next step and get back in it or you know one way or the other um like i think a lot of teams are going to be paying attention to Calgary this year like if if Calgary's bad in any way Jonathan Hurrido is going to be the bell of the ball yeah no he's definitely going to be top tits or even if if they're good and he just not they don't want to resign, you know, like I, what oh, fuck that could be the worst thing. That's the worst if I'm the Calgary GM, that's the worst situation. That would, you're, coming yeah. the tra- you're coming into the you're coming to the trade deadline, say you're second in the conference or first in the division. And you're at the deadline. John Huberdeau says I'm not re-signing here. What do you do? To, do you hmm. I, What do you right, what do you do? Do you roll the dice and take one last crack at it with Jonathan Huberdeau on your lineup and then lose him in free agency? Or do you give up and, you know, fuck. Oof. I think I would have to dig into their
1: prospect pool a little bit more, right? Like, if I felt like there was guys that were kind of ready to step up, maybe, uh, maybe. I'd probably sell them off and just hope that you can kind of figure it out. Oh,
0: if I'm if if I'm the Calgary GM, I'm doing everything that I can to try to. He needs to be signed. There's have got to resign him. Yeah, there's no excuse. Otherwise, otherwise, your your big pull. You know, like it's. I mean, it's still a good trade. You know, like Kachuk is. This is a huge. This is a massive overpayment for Kachuk. Yeah. Like Kachuk's a good player. Um, I was actually looking on Twitter right now. There, there was uh, apparently the the Blues offer leaked. Um, that involved Tarasenko, someone else, and a first-round pick, hmm. and and they were you know obviously Kachuk wanted to go home, uh, but the Flames weren't interested in Tarasenko. Yeah, that's not quite enough for me. No, I I agree. So um, yeah, that's uh, we'll see. They're going to be, but I I wouldn't would so if if he is available at the deadline, and I'm the Predators. I, I If I would be one of the teams that would think that that's a good fit. Yeah, I'd be calling on them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, skimming down. Wow, there's a lot of Eastern teams. Okay. San Jose uh, is bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's just the name of this episode, probably. <laughs> uh,
0: San Jose is that or fuck it in the mouth. Yeah. Um, uh, San Jose is bad. Um, there's a lot of free agent stuff here. Uh but honestly, I mean, it doesn't you know, matter. It. Like it's bad. They're really like Capo Kakanen is their biggest signing I'm looking at right here and they're just this this is a bad team. Yeah, they're tanking. going to be good. Uh their biggest their biggest move was trading out so they Burn received team. somebody named Steven Lorenz, uh Ute MacKinemi and a conditional third for Brett Burns and Lane Pedersen. Um Oof you know you got to get and they retain 33% of Burns' salary. Uh I mean you got to move Burns, you know. He's get he's only going to get older and you're not making you're not going to do anything this year. So yeah, I they mean had I, to get rid I of if him. that's if that's your best offer, then okay, you know, great. Uh but I see I don't and I don't know anything about Steven Lorenz. you know, maybe he's a decent prospect that we're we don't know anything about, but uh yeah, this is God, it's almost—it's just not worth talking about. They're—they're they're bad. Right. This is a bad team.
1: Yeah, they're not going to be any like, good.
0: What do you, What do you think uh, when they trade Carlson? What do you think they get for him? Like, who's gonna? You think they get a second from him at this point? No. Think he think he's a third round pick? Yeah, he's
1: a. I mean, he's going to get less than Brent Burns. Brent Burns still had 50,
0: 50 plus points last year. Fuck, That's so bad. That's so bad. They're they're bad. They're really really bad. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Seattle Kraken. hey Ah, this is the one that we've been looking forward to. Uh, the Kraken weren't necessarily too busy, but they did they did do a couple good things. I think I think overall the Kraken had a good offseason. Um, obviously, that we talked about Shane Wright or earlier. Um, probably their two biggest pickups here. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk about Victor Rask? I don't care about that mm-hmm. really. Um, so uh, Victor Rask. So he's gone uh big the big two let's do the big two uh we've uh, andre burakovsky coming in from colorado Mm -hmm. signs five and five five point five rather yeah uh i love this yeah this is a great sign great signing this is a great signing um this is this is exactly what they needed yep uh burakovsky was it's he's he's the definition of buried on a good team yeah uh, he is a great hockey player, and uh, five and five is, I think, a very appropriate signing for him. Yeah, no, that's the right amount
1: of length and cap. Honestly, yep. I mean that's a that's yep. an Alexander Winberg contract, and this yep. guy just put up sixty one points in eighty games. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's 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 much. It's a great signing. Yeah,
1: much more close to what what he.
0: You know. And he's and Berakasi is going to skate first line minutes with Matty Beneers. Yeah, most likely. Love it. Love that uh justin schultz gets picked up two years three million dollar cap hit uh schultz is for uh for a for a team that's hurting on defense this is fine okay you can trust justin schultz to be justin schultz
1: yeah you just can't trust justin schultz to play more than 70 games but correct that's a, correct. that's his biggest luck uh,
0: I, I think this I, I mean Martin jo- you might as well. They had to get a backup goalie yeah. cuz it sounds like Drieger's not playing. Yep. Um at least at least not to start the season anyway. Um Martin Jones comes in one year at 2 mil. Uh I mean, this is an overpayment for Martin Jones sure. in my opinion, but sure. it's I mean, it's one year non-committal. Uh I just I mean, if Grubauer is bad again, uh <laughs> We're right back where we started because Martin Jones ain't stopping shit. <laughs> uh, he's he's really bad. I don't know if you I don't know if you know this or not, Taylor, but uh, Martin Jones is not good. Oh,
1: God damn it! That really sets me back
0: <laughs> <laughs> everything I thought he's... I knew. Oh fuck! All right, uh, on the trade front, uh, the Seattle Kraken weaponize their cap space and uh, take advantage of the very shocking. Johnny Gaudreau trade yep. that we'll talk about in the next episode. Um, Oliver Borkstrand picked up from the Columbus Blue Jackets for a fucking steal. Yeah, uh, third, third, and fourth round picks, twenty three, twenty three. Uh god, man, and and these picks are not originals for Seattle. These are these are picks that they uh, acquired from other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the third round pick is from Calgary. The fourth is from Winnipeg. Uh, This is an absolute fucking steal. I love Oliver Borkstrand. Yeah, that's a good trade. I fucking love this guy. Um, uh, I dug a little more into him. I already loved him with Columbus. My dad is a huge Columbus fan, so I know a little bit about him. Uh, Apparently, he's a great locker room guy. And then uh, what I didn't know is he's an analytics darling. Yeah. Like, the fucking analytics crowd loves this guy. Yep. Like, he does all of the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. I'm honestly more excited about it than the Burakovsky signing. He like I yeah love this guy. He's
1: same same age as Burakovsky, so you get a couple 27 year olds that are kind of right in the middle of their their careers. Um, yep. You don't like his plus minus, but 60 points essentially in 80 games and you're 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 essentially just adding a 30 goal score, right? Like yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what this guy's going to be for they, the crack They're that's adding scoring. Nice. They're
0: adding scoring. Ron Francis is doing work. Uh, you know, if you if you can get 30 goal seasons from Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand and Jared McCann, you're doing okay. Yeah. I mean, you just you basically with bringing in Veneers, you just recreated your first line. Right? Fuck. I it's I don't I I don't want to start counting my chickens. This tis, this is still a team like like, they got work to so, do yeah they, they still got they they got work they had a great off season. uh there's still work to do the defense needs definite tweaks yeah and the goaltending, I mean maybe we can write off like analytically speaking there's no way that he's as bad as he was last year like if you look at his breadth of work um but I mean if this is if we are just if we're just seeing the decline of Philip Grubauer um then it's gonna be another long season for Seattle mm-hmm because there's not a lot of goalies out there right now. It is a is a very scarce goalie market. Right. Uh so that's a that's a big problem. But but it was a good off season and I definitely think they're going to be better than they were next year than last year. Yeah, no, definitely. Not, I mean, not hard to not hard to do, but
1: you, I mean, they just added, you know, essentially 50 goals to their to you know, to their lineup yeah. by just bringing in Burakovsky, You're, which is a good signing and then trading for Bjorkstrand. I mean, yeah, and yeah, like you said, Bjorkstrand.
0: Bjorkstrand, his his corsi is like fucking ridiculous, yeah. which is
1: just yeah, yeah. It's like you're fifth.
0: you're hoping if you're you're hoping that you know Matty Beneers has a breakout. Would this be his Calder year? Yes, like he qualifies for the call. Okay, so you're hoping that he has a breakout rookie season and makes a charge for the Calder. Um, you're hoping that Shane Wright makes the roster and also plays well. Uh, God, there would be a Red Wing situation where you got two guys trying to fight for the Calder. Um, God, that would I don't know. Be, that I'd, would
1: be horrible.
0: Yeah, oh, terrible.
1: Just well, terrible. I mean, terrible as the
0: terrible. Red, you know, when the when the Red Wings have you know Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider fighting over the Calder c- Trophy, yeah, uh, it's not bad. All right, let's move on. Uh, St. Louis Blues, almost almost done with the Western Conference here. Uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, not a ton really massive Nick Letty signing. hey oh, Spence bought it <laughs> four by four for Nick Letty, I think that's a lot of money for Nick Letty, uh, but yeah uh, sure, but you know, Nick Nick Letty is a very serviceable defenseman he's not he's not gonna he's not screaming, but he's he's a veteran NHLer. yeah, and a good one at that, so nothing wrong with there. Nolo Achari, you could say that that's something, but he's more of a depth signing on this team. Uh, looking at trades. They they axed Villy to Detroit for a third round pick. Yep. Um I think that's a steal by Detroit. We can talk about that later. Um, but it's it's another you know, once again Detroit benefiting from St. Louis's log jam of good players. Sure. So uh same thing happened with Fabry and Yeah. So um yeah. Uh overall, uh I mean you don't blues are a good team uh they did lose david perron which kind of sucks that's kind of like a glue guy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so that kind of sucks i i wouldn't be surprised i think maybe the blues are once again taking a wait and see approach they're going to see how they do uh through this year and then once they hit the deadline depending on where they're sitting they might they might try to make a move sure uh i think the big question mark there is is jordan Bennington good
1: and i think the answer is maybe (laughs)
0: A a super hard maybe Right Yeah
1: Yeah I think The only other signing That really jumps out at me Obviously is the Robert Thomas For eight years I think that That's uh, They're kind of getting him You know Off of Off of a pretty damn good year From him at 23 Um, And you know If the cap's only going to go up Eight million For 77 points In 72 games He can do a lot worse So
0: Yep Absolutely Yep I agree
1: Yep Locking him up All right
0: Moving on, the, the team that we like to talk about a lot, the Vegas Golden Knights, yep. um, they sold a lot. Um, the The Jack Eichel trade is coming. Na- we, we've talked about this before. Uh, they sold their soul to try to win last year's cup, and the stars did not align. Uh, this is such a fucking copycat league. Like, like the, the Vegas leadership saw Tampa and how they were 15 over the cap when they won the cup, and they're like, fuck, let's just do that. You got to do that. <laughs> we got we got to do that that we worked have. out well for them let's do that so they tried it and saw that oh wait uh wait this doesn't actually work when you've got hurt players yeah um and maybe jack eichel coming off of not playing for a year and surgery is not going to be peak performance jack Eichel. sure um so yeah uh you're, you're we're seeing once again uh now it's you know they. Kudos to rolling the dice. We don't see it. a lot of teams play it safe in the NHL, especially in this league. A lot of teams never try to take the risk or roll the dice. Um, you know, kudos for making the move. But you, you, when you made the move for Jack Eichel, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah, they they knew now, they knew as soon as they made that trade. Yep. So now you, now your chickens are coming home to roost. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're giving away Evgeny Dedinov for the dead contract of Shea Weber. Um, that was that was a little little, little before. Yeah. Um and then uh Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coglin Fuck. Mm. Going to Carolina for nothing. Mm. Sorry, literally future nothing. considerations. No, literally yeah, nothing. Yeah. Liter- literally nothing though. <laughs> like future considerations will not be playing this year oh, for my the Vegas goodness, man. It's bad. It's crazy. Um their their biggest stuff is depth signings. Uh they re signed Riley Smith. Uh, I think that's more of a appease the fan base signing sure. than an actual logical one. Like if you're being cold logic, like apparently they were totally cool with up until this point, you know, no, no loyalty to any other, you know, misfits from the first year or anything like that. But now we grow a fucking soul. Um, <laughs> Riley Smith signed three by five. I think that's a I mean, that's a good signing for them. That's all right. But if you're smart, you don't you get rid of Riley Smith and you keep Max Pacioretty. Uh, yeah, but I you mean, can't. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't do that because Riley Smith's an original misfit. And you got to keep him until he retires.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Now they're now they're right. trying to be nice and cute, right? That's perfect. Now
0: now they're yeah exactly. The timing could not be better. Yeah. Now that you've got Mark Andre Fleury, you know, starting with a team that's probably might do better than you in the playoffs now. Right. Um, everybody else is a is a fairly depth signing. I've heard I've heard nice things about this Sakari Mananin. Um I think he was out uh, in Russia tearing it up a little bit, um, but other than that, I don't there's nothing here yeah like this is they got worse to get under the cap right and yeah it's that they had to <laughs> i yeah. i don't i very like it's a healthy golden a healthy golden knights team definitely makes the playoffs probably one of the top teams in the west still sure but but i mean you know what's the, the standard is beating the you're gonna if you're gonna win the cup if you're the golden knights you have to eventually play the colorado avalanche yeah, and I don't know if this team can do that. Yeah, and that's what's scary. Yeah, I do. I do not know if they can beat them again. Oh, patches, I man. I mean, that hurts. He's gonna. He, I we'll we'll talk about that in the Eastern Conference episode. But I think that's going to be a great signing for Carolina. Yeah,
1: it's a great. It, yeah, it's already a great trade. That's going to be. They're gonna. They're They're gonna be really fucking good. Yeah, future considerations was having a tough year, so you just you know. Right. You got Patruetti for, you know, a guy who really, you know, has bounced around to
0: a lot of teams, so fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> he, he, guy guy just can't catch him. I week. know. He's he's really. Uh, I think he's played for every team in the NHL at this point. Yeah, he's got to be the only one that has. Yeah, the only one. Yep. All right. Uh, f- finishing off the Western Conference, the Winnipeg Jets' um, biggest signing here, re- re-signing Pierre Luc Dubois on a one-year, six million dollar contract. Uh, I mean, it's one year, but Pierre PLD is not worth six million. No, he's just not playing up to his potential. Um, I think this is a this is very much a prove it year. Oh yeah, big time. Like Pierre probably tested the market, and no one was interested. He, you know, he was probably wanting six by five or six by four from somebody. And everybody's like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that, actually. Yeah. Uh, you haven't moved the needle at all in Winnipeg. So this is probably a one year six mil deal. Uh, I mean, it's a prove it deal. Uh, you if he doesn't do well, uh, he either resigns for even lower or. fuck. I don't know, man, it's sucks I mean, it's it's if you're winnipeg if you're winnipeg you're really regretting that line a trade yeah you, you can't get nothing out of fucking trading
1: line a away like something something's got to click here
0: and especially especially with columbus land and gaudreau right uh now that now that's really hurting right so all right um i think that's the only major signing looking at trades uh nothing 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 yep nothing so we,
1: we we did miss a team though we did. Yeah, I missed Vancouver.
0: Oh yeah, forget. I forgot. Yeah, they're, um, they're yeah.
1: nobodies though. Let's just skip them. Huh? Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we forgot them, and now we're and out. Okay. okay. See you guys. Um, actually, I mean, there's not too much here that I'm looking at. Right. Um, Brock Besser is a re-sign. Uh, three by six, I think, is fine for Brock Besser. Yeah. Um, Ilya Makeev is a good, I, promising guy from Toronto. Sure. Uh I, I like this signing, four by four, uh four by five basically. Um yeah, that's a that, that moves the needle a bit. Um this this is a god, this is a Vancouver team that's just they're they just need to take the next step. They're right. almost there to be in contention. You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Well almost there. And and Bruce Boudreaux, like a full season of Bruce Boudreaux, like we could see this team in the playoffs yep. easily with Boudreaux, yep. so
0: yeah, they, they, I think, the, and I think that they'll 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 make a step this year.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think they have they a just, couple more moves that they're gonna make, just cap wise. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I think I think Mikheyev, uh This is a bit much for me. I, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does away from Toronto.
0: They're taking a bit of a risk, a but I, I, risk. I mean, the guys. I think the guy's a stud even without you know you take him away from McDavid or McDavid Matthews. Um, yeah, he's you're seeing a little drop off. Sure. But uh, you know, it's it's. I, I don't think they're signing him to be a first or second line guy.
1: I mean, four years at four seven five. Like, if you're going to get thirty goals production out of that, sure.
0: Well, he put up 20, 21 and 11, 32 points last year. Not bad. Um, I mean, it. I think if you're setting reasonable expectations for him, you're want you're going up to Ilya saying, "Hey, man, I want twenty goals from you this year." Sure. And I think that that's obtainable. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with so, that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Alright, that's it. We did it. We fucking we fucking made it. Well we're not done yet. We gotta do the East, but that's
1: that's the next episode. Yeah. We'll see you guys in three months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright. See see you guys at training camp. <laughs> fucking god. Oh it. shit. Alright, let's get out of here, huh? Alright, alright, see you later. See you later everybody. We'll uh we'll have an episode up to you as fast as we can.